Hello, welcome to Outdoors in Scotland. My name is John Burns and this is my wee podcast for people who like to get out amongst the hills and in the wilder places of our great little nation here. Um, it's July now in uh, 2023 and uh, it, I have to say the weather's been pretty mixed. Uh, it's been mixed, basically it's been crap, it's been raining a lot. Um, but we but we fortunately have avoided the incredible excesses of heat that have taken place in Europe. So to be quite honest, I, I don't mind a bit of rain, really. Um, I'm going to talk today, my guest today is uh, a, 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 an experienced hill runner. He's a, he's an athletics coach and he's written four books. Oh, no, no, no I think five books, I think it is. Maybe he'll correct me when he comes on about about running and about the uh, uh, the experiences of different people in the hills and his own his own life in uh, running in the hills. Um, and so, if I can introduce Steve Chilton, how are you, Steve? I'm fine, thank you, John. Cool, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, can I? You, you obviously have been for many years um, a, a, a very committed. Um, hill runner, and um, the only person I, 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 the only book I've actually read on hill walking, uh, hill running, I have to say, uh, is uh, there is no map in hell by Steve Birkinshaw, which I have to say was horrific. <laughs> 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 so what, 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 what got, what got you off? What obviously started your fascination with with hill running? Well, it's a uh, kind of a long story. I've always been a hill walker uh, and a very, very poor quality climber. Um, so I spent a lot of time in the hills um, when I was younger um, and then was uh, a keen runner, marathon runner, and eventually got bored with road running and decided to do some running in the hills. And uh, so it's a combination of uh, experience uh, and uh, moving into it as my running sort of developed. Um, yep, so it's, it's uh, I've done a, a lot. I've done a fair amount in Scotland. Um, in Sky and on the Cooling Ridge and things like that. So yeah, quite a wide experience. I suppose it gives you a fair amount of freedom if you can move that quickly, does it? It does. It's one of the advantages of, of if um, you just want to see as much as possible in a day, but you do have to remember that you need to stop and look at it sometimes as well. So it's uh, <laughs> a difference between fell racing and fell running. Um, they're, they're kind of two different things, really. Um, what the running is really to get as much possible done and get as high as possible and get to enjoy the hills really right 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 and and um i think um what would you say that which area sort of is, is sort of your favorite area for hill running uh i'm gonna have to say the lakes uh for me i mean one of the problems i've had is i've always lived and worked in the south so right. it's a question of getting away for weekends long weeks holidays and all that and i spent probably more time in the lakes than in the other area and that's certainly my area of choice for getting out into the hills when i want to yeah right i said you i, I, I said you, am i right you've written five books is that right it's five books on on, on fell running yeah um the most recent one being voices from the hills which and is that, the, that was about women's experiences wasn't it what, it's, what, it's about the, yeah it's about the difficulty women had of being accepted really in the early uh, days and uh, they just weren't uh, weren't wanted in a sense in in races. Race organisers wouldn't have them in races. Uh, clubs really weren't interested, and so it, it was a question of looking at that topic and talking to as many people as possible and getting their perspective. And it's kind of, the reason it's called Voices from the Hills 
mm -hmm. is because the story is told through the voices of the people I spoke to. And why do you think do you think that hill running was 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 in more than a lot of other sports was was difficult for women to get into? Well, don't, don't forget that many sports were very resistant. I mean, you, you, we were now watching the World Cup in football for women. Yeah, and we weren't allowed to be in football uh, um, properly for for years and years and years. Um, and yeah, that that was true in many sports. But I mean, the interesting thing is orienteering took people on, you know, way, way before running did um, and didn't seem to have that problem. So Yes, um, that's true, actually. Yeah, you're right. I, I think I, I, I did a little orienting. Orienting was in some ways a very family-based thing, do you think? Uh, certainly had more of that about it, yeah, because uh, the, the structure of the, uh, the sport and the competition really was to allow that. Um, and and that, that was for its, uh, to its benefit, really. I mean, one of the basis of problems in the first place was what the Olympic movement thought about women and, and the, mm -hmm. the comments I make in the book about what Baron de Corpotin said about it not being a place for women and, and all the sort of false scientific mumbo-jumbo about what yeah. it's going to do to women uh, is, is one of the reasons where it remained the case because people just followed that. And it wasn't socially acceptable either, which is really a damning sort of comment, really, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, things have changed radically, uh, although I wouldn't say that it's well, difficult for me to say, really. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't say that the women, uh, we've completely got rid of the barriers to the women in, in many sports, really. Yeah. So in turn, what, what interests me about the, the, the hill running thing um as you say, you have to take time to stop and to look at the hills and to to appreciate them. But it also must be pretty easy to get lost. <laughs> yeah, have you had any major incidents where you got lost on the hills? Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and also done looking back on some silly things, um, you know, in in, in Petra's youth, um, um, you know, being caught in snow on the Cooling Ridge, thinking it would be a good idea to bivy uh, with no kit. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, no, and it, it snowed in in June in in yeah, in, yeah. In, you know, just not not taking enough care about that sort of thing, and that's something that is still evident when you listen to the mountain rescue reports that you see about people being ill prepared or making bad choices. I, I I'm sure I did that and can think of instances, but yeah, getting lost is part of it. Um, my navigation, I was a navigator by feel. Um, and probably not a lot of care was taken about pacing and distance when I thought I just knew where I was and could just look forward to where I was going to be next. And then uh, a bit of or something would soon change that. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's that's obviously the the, uh, the the favorite way to get lost is to actually be certain of where you are and, and not check. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that happens. It must be this way. <laughs> and it often isn't, you know. Uh, yeah. That, that, but you obviously but that, that's interesting. Sorry, I'd say what's the interesting thing about some of the people I've interviewed? There's been people who've had a, a really natural ability to know where they are and know the micro sort of navigation that's required. Um, right. Some of that is learned and and it's local knowledge and experience. But um, some people ha just have seem to have it, and and that comes out in in talking to them about their experiences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I found uh, 
Uh, I don't think I ever really had a natural bent for navigation. I just had to learn it the hard way, you know. Um, and what, what trends do you see in hill running? What's changing in hill running now? Well, it's it's it, there's a there's a trend towards trail running being popular and uh, being a slightly different version of the same thing. So it'll be um, probably more towards ultra distances, not necessarily using the the the, the roughest and readiest routes, but um, there's there's a quite considerable movement towards. Uh, in the, uh, this weekend, it's been the Lake, uh, I can't remember the exact title, the Lakeland 100 and Lakeland 50, um, you know, which are quite serious endurance events. Yeah, um, yeah. And on the international scene, uh, UTMB um, is kind of almost taking over the ultra side of things by being the overarching organiser of different events. Um, and the worrying thing for me is I've just started seeing some instances of of, of drug problems in in in, in ultra um, mountain uh, events at the minute. Um, somebody oh, at the UTM, no, not the UTB, um, Sierra Zanal in uh, was was disqualified for drugs most recently, and that's a real worry. And is that a new thing? Do you think it's well, it seems to be, yeah, because probably there hadn't been any testing, um, and it's right. quite possible that, that it's now become. Um, possible to get caught because there is now testing at some of the international events but that doesn't really that's the other side of the coin from just going out on the hills yourself you know um, yeah yeah i mean is it i don't know is it is it a sport where the the rewards are sufficiently great to to to, to risk that kind of drug use and that sort of thing um they're considerable on the international scene actually um, right right okay I didn't there's world level competition world championships uh it's probably going to go into the olympics at some time as well um oh, really? although there is, i think there's a move to move cross country into the olympics before mountain running but uh, yeah there's a possibility it will get another level of, of exposure um but the, yeah there is in i'm a fairly traditional about my um interest in fell running as a competition thing and i like the fact that you can go on a midweek to do a race uh, and pay, you know, two pound on the on the on the on the on the knob, you know, and uh, um, but that side of it is still there, and there's certainly no big rewards in traditional English, Scottish, and Welsh yeah. running. Yeah, and is is it um, is there is there a strong community in the hill running? I, I get the impression there is. There certainly is, yeah, because um, at one level people will all be going around to the same events, at another level. Um, I can stand on the start line with someone who's the very top person in the sport, um, and that that isn't the case in traditional track and road athletics necessarily. No. Um, but yes, um, and so and also there's invariably uh, a beer or a cake or a cup of tea or something afterwards. So there's, there's a certain sort of um, yeah, there's a community that's around the the the, the, the sport side of it. Yeah, definitely. Ah, right, and, 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 and it, it seems to be coming a lot more popular, or, or versions of hill running, like you said, I mean, people who, uh, well, there's there's all sorts of things, fast packing and all, all, all the kind of things that my mate Alex, Alex Roddy gets up to, you know? Yeah, I can tell you at the minute that I'm working on the manuscript for the next book, and it's going to be a history 
of the um, the Three Peaks uh, Fell Race in Yorkshire. Oh, right, right, right. Um, okay. And so that has an entry number of 900 um, every year. And so that's that's one of the higher end. Uh, and it also crosses over to um, Marathon Mothers, think it's something they should go and do. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it's labelled as the Marathon with, with Mountains or Marathon with Hills. Um, oh, right. So that the, 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 certainly there are big numbers in some events, and yet um, not necessarily in, in some others. It's, it's just, it's variable. Right. I mean, it's also coming back after COVID and everything else, um, things are starting to get back to yeah. the uh, commitment and the numbers that, that perhaps used to be before COVID. Everything was all on hold for ages, as you obviously yes. know. Yes, yes, yeah. I think COVID's changed everything to a degree. I mean, I think it, it, it's the, actually there seems to be more people taking part in outdoor pursuits than there ever were before. One, well, there ever were, but there certainly uh, I, I, there seem to be a lot more. I, th I think it's changed. I, don't know, I think being kept away from something makes you value it more in some ways. Well, yeah. indeed, you, you mentioned um, Steve Birkinshaw and um, his efforts on the, the Wainwrights. I mean, there was a certain feeling that once you were able to get out into the hills again, and there weren't any fell races or competitions. But people were doing things like the challenges. They were doing the way right. lights, right. or they were doing nice. the Bob Graham round, or they were doing the Ramsey round in Scotland. Yeah, um, and yeah. there was a huge, great interest in pushing the barriers because you could, um, and they were things that you could actually do um, at the time. Right, I see. So it's had, it's had that kind of an influence on it. Yeah, yeah, I mm, see. Yeah, interesting. And yeah, you know, as I say, you you you're published a uh, widely published author. And um, and you, but you've recently um, you were with Sandstone Press, and as far as I know, Vertebrate have sort of taken over Sandstone Press recently. Um, how, what's that been like with you? Because it thinks it was did you go through quite a difficult period? Well, it, it's awkward because um, as an author, you're I don't want this to sound wrong, but you're at the um, behest of how the publisher operates. Yeah. Um, and I had a, a good and long and good relationship for a decade with Sandstone Press. Um, right. They right. took took my manuscript up face value when I pitched him in the first place uh, and then carried on taking the ones that I subsequently offered them. So I was very, very pleased to be able to be published by a, um, a, a, a what I call a proper publisher. And people have said to me, why didn't you self-publish? Uh, you get more money per per item for that. But to me, it was the kudos of somebody saying, this has some merit, we will publish it. And I, I thank, thank Sandstone for that. Um, but unfortunately, Sandstone a little while ago started having some issues. And I, I don't really know the full story. But at the moment, um, they've gone into liquidation. Right. Um, so then suddenly... As an author, you think, well, what does that mean? You know, what, does, yeah, what, happens, yeah, to my, yeah. what happens to my stock? What happens to my royalties? Um, what happens to my ability to produce the next thing that I want to produce? Yeah. Uh, you kind of go into this, well, it's an, it's an unknown, but um, and not very much information comes out. And uh, so then I subsequently heard, that I think what, You'd have to speak to John Barton personally, but I think what has happened is Vertebrate have taken the intellectual property and the stock of all the Sandstone Press um, output. Right, and now right. Now decided how to, um, you know, what to do with that. Um, yeah. 
and which is interesting because vertebrates pitch is guidebooks and, and and outdoor activities and some of the sandstone stuff is very much not that and it's you know it's novels and it's, it's other stuff like that so I, i'm not quite sure how that's going to work but that's vertebrates issue what i am pleased about is that vertebrate are a very active um uh, for their authors and, and i'm hoping yeah. that we'll have a good relationship with the vertebrate and i'm able to move on with my um because for instance at the moment voices from the hills is only a hardback in due course i would hope to right be okay version. and i hope that okay. vertebrate will be in the position they, they call it one thing that john said to me was it was going to be an imprint of vertebrate if you understand what that means uh, not really. <laughs> I'm not really sure that I do, but what they're saying is that it'll still have some kind of discrete place, but it'll be within the vertebrate umbrella. Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, vertebrates, you know, have been great for me, and they're certainly, you know, they're, they're the foremost publishers of, of outdoor books, as, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. Well, they publish mine, so they can't be doing too bad. <laughs> 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 so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's I know it's it's been um, uh, a really really difficult time for the publishing business. I mean, obviously, I understand that paper prices have just rocketed, and and that's put an awful lot of pressure on publishers. Um, we're, we're in interesting times generally, really, aren't we? You know. Well, as I, 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 yeah, I do know that that aspect of it was was one part of it. The whole thing about. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of publishers would have done their printing abroad um, for economic reasons. Um, but to be honest, Brexit hasn't helped the situation with that. There's no. been issues about stock coming into the country and being yeah, yeah. impounded and various things like that. And um, so, yeah, I, I understand, absolutely understand that publishing um, has been going through a difficult time and is going through a difficult time. Um, so, yeah, yeah the, 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 it'd be interesting to see how things do pan out. Um, well, I think Vertebrate have been very good at adapting to, you know, what uh, the, the, the different demands have been placed on them. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, you, you have to move with the times and I think they've done a great job of that. So I think I think, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see what um, certainly what happens with the with, with Sandstone's um, the authors. I don't know how many authors Sandstone has, but it must be quite a lot by now. I think. There's, there's a considerable number. I, can't, I think there's over 200 books in print right from right sorry so no, i was going to say a great shame if we'd lost that sort of publishing you know that, that, that canon of books you know it'd be a real yeah yeah uh, and it was a, a very good um good for scotland that, that sandstone was there yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the, right, the independent right. publishers in in scotland um well i know that obviously awards been, for that. uh i think um they they certainly published. I know Cameron McNeish is one of their authors, isn't he? You know, and he obviously is a, 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 a you've got to call him a bit of an icon on Cameron, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's all sorts of um, um. Is it John Allen, the king? Um, king on that rescue guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hamish. Um, Hamish Brown, is it? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And uh, Chris Townsend, of course. So yes, lots, okay. lots of authors. I mean, the sort of uh, uh, I hate to call them the establishment of, uh, of Scottish hills and mountaineering, but I suppose they're pretty close to that, you know. But anything yeah. that can keep those that culture and those books alive, I think, can only be a a, a, a good thing for all of us, really. 
So, but uh, one of the things I noticed that um, vertebrates seem to be doing, and I think John has said it in in blogs and whatever, is that they feel that they might have to move away from a narrative output to a guide output. Um, yeah, I think yes, certainly. I think that's one. Of, that's the way they were moving. Um, I mean, that kind of affects your position a little bit as well, doesn't it, or, or not? Um, I, I, I've no idea. <laughs> Well, no, I think I think I don't think there's any uh, plan to sort of unpublish the books that they've published. It's no. just it's just that when when taking on new work, I, I, I guess you know they feel perhaps that guidebooks have got more of a uh, you know a growing market uh, than, than than perhaps the narrative sort of stuff that I write. But that that kind of indicates what you were saying about the numbers of people getting out and about. It's, there's yeah. obviously a market for people who want you know. Well, I think yes, information I think about right. ideas and places to go. I think a lot of uh, people are perhaps getting into the hills that, that who didn't normally do that, and uh, or, or beginning to get interested in in being out. And perhaps those kind of guides for people, the how-to guides, I think are, are doing really well because people people are increasingly having a go themselves, which is great. Which is what 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 we would really want, really. Right. So, I mean, one one thing just as an aside, one thing that was really nice that happened at the end of the sandstone period for me was my my fifth book became an audio book for the first time any of them had been in an oh, audio right. version. Uh, and and i was dreading they were going to ask me to do it and they didn't <laughs> but a, a professional reader did it and it's fabulous to hear your words um yeah. enthusiasm and knowing that people can take it out you know as inspiration when they're out for a walk or a run or anything like this and well that's, that's right it's that's a really right. nice thing to happen yeah, well, I think yes, that, that's true, and I think um, people are. Well, I use the word loosely, really. People are reading books in very different ways these days. You know, you can carry an audio book with you, and uh, uh, and my own uh, my my book, Bothy Tales, has done really well. Now, that's really a collection of short stories, uh, uh, and that's not supposed to do very well. But but I think I think people have busy lives, and they like to be able to dip in and out of a book sometimes. And you can do that with books like that, and you can do that with audio books, you know. So I think that's really good too. Yeah. So, um, anyway, listen, Steve, thank you very much for talking to me. Um, no welcome. I, I sort of, I, should, I, I, I have no real official capacity in Vertebrate other than being an author, but uh, I suppose you know I can sort of wel welcome you into the Vertebrate family. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, you, 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 I really hope your books prosper, and yeah, we, we, we do well, you know. Okay, well, maybe we'll meet at um, um, uh, a, a, um, a talk or a, a conference or a whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably one of the lavish uh, things that vertebrate lay on. <laughs> well, that's another thing that's good about them. They do encourage and and, and work with authors to to go out there and and talk the talk. So, uh, well, yeah, I'm doing the talking the talk a lot these days. <laughs> um, so, as someone who quite likes the sound of his own voice, I'll be available for those sort of activities. So that's maybe where when we might meet. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, very nice speaking to you, Steve. Thanks very much for your time. No worries. Thanks a lot.